You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thanks for listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here with David Ramil. Let's get to some headlines today. Shams is reporting that the Heat could be interested in trading for J.R. Smith from the Cavaliers in a salary-cutting move. David, now there's been speculation. Do the Heat have to attach a draft pick? Do they swap 13 and 26 for J.R. Smith in one of these bad contracts that Riley has said he wants to get off of? Deion Waiters, James Johnson, maybe Kelly Olenek. Uh, where do you stand on this? At first, it just seems like a, a bad move, right? Because as much as I may deep personally devalue the 13th pick or may not think that there is a player available there that is much of a game changer. And I think that's a pretty realistic take. It also seems kind of like you're throwing it away and Riley's history has been yeah. to throw away draft picks so much. So I, at first I don't like it now. It's a cost cutting move. Obviously does Smith's contract get waived once they acquire it? I think so, but I also like because uh, it would be. I think that would nest, that would that would probably be the case, and, and his salary becomes guaranteed on June thirtieth, I believe. So the if the Heat would have ten days after the June twentieth NBA draft in order to waive him, but I would assume that they would just waive him right away, right. and then save a you know whatever his his salary is going to be for something like sixteen million, but they wouldn't be saving sixteen million. They'd really be saving whatever the contract that they sent out was. Um, maybe it was the $14 million James Johnson contract or whatever. But um, I actually kind of feel in a weird way like J.R. Smith could help this Heat team. Yes. But probably not at the cost of his contract, which I guess That's is the fair. whole point. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, and then you'd have to – well, if you're going to get a – if you're going to acquire a guard, then you'd probably have to ship a guard out. And I don't know if that means Deion Waiters then. Um, or else the Waiters return another, to Cleveland? Yeah. Or else is this going to be a log jam – and similar to what we experienced last season, too. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's also about not an immediate move either. It's a long-term move. It's it's a move also clearing up cap space for next season because this one, I guess they're looking as just another wash. I guess they're not planning on making any moves, any significant moves this offseason as far as free agency or trades or anything like that to acquire. Well, if, if, they, take the thir- if they go from 13 and drop to 26, they're really throwing in the towel, and I think you'd absolutely be right. Like, that is... To me, and when this first got brought up, and we were ta- we were kind of going back and forth with uh, Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs about this, and he kind of proposed this idea to us. Uh, on our, we're going to have a we're going to have a Locked On NBA mock draft coming out. I don't know before the draft at some point, yes. but um, he proposed the trade. He proposed this trade to us. He basically said J.R. Smith and the twenty sixth pick for the thirteenth pick and whatever bad salary that we wanted, we just throw it in there. Right. And and you and I kind of batted it around like, man. If you were picking at like 19 or 20 or 21, we could think sure. about it. But 26 is basically the end of the first round. I'd rather have a second rounder because at least it's cheaper, you know, and you're, you're kind of on the hook for these guys. And those guys picked in the late the end of that first round, there's such a high fail rate for those guys. And at 13, you can at least get somebody that will help. And Miami just has so few avenues to even get a guy to help. Right, like this is not a team that it, it's going to be basically the 13th pick and the mid-level exception, end of list. Right. right? Like, that's the only way. So I almost, I do think that people are sort of jumping the gun here and assuming that a pick is going to be involved 
We saw last year at the trade deadline, Phoenix took on the Tyler Johnson contract. Everybody said that the only way to get off the Tyler Johnson contract was to attach a draft pick. And they took Tyler Johnson in and sent us back Ryan Anderson because they thought Tyler, uh, Tyler Johnson could help them. And that's a team that didn't that had every reason to tank and was tanking in Phoenix. And and they still opted to get get a player who could help them if it meant all they had to do was send out a player who wasn't even playing for them in Ryan Anderson. Now, J.R. Smith has been away from the Cavaliers for a year. He hasn't even been with the team, <laughs> let alone on the, like, off the court, let alone on the court. I do think that there's some value in just saying, like, look, this guy helped us win a championship, right? Um, and... We've we got him on the hook right now, but his con- like his contract is in a, in a weird way an asset for us because it's non guaranteed. Like we could go get a player that can really help us right now. It's not like Cleveland's going to be a player in free agency at any point. They've literally never been a player in free agency unless LeBron wanted to play there. Um, so who, which of they, Miami's bad contracts then would be would an help impact them. player there? And and to me, I, it's Kelly Olynyk then, right? Or James Johnson. I think either one of those guys could help them. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at James Johnson, can play next to Kevin Love. Um, or could back up Kevin Love in the case of a Kevin Love injury, but Olenek, obviously the same thing. I think Olenek and Kevin Love would be a really interesting front court. You could start both of them, yeah. right? Olenek is a better well, also a history protector there, so than I Love. Wonder, I wonder how welcomed. That would be almost yeah, like... Yeah, you have to keep him on opposite sides of the floor. <laughs> yeah, the Cavs fans are not going to respond to that quite favorably. I mean, yeah, they'd, least... have to, they'd, have to run, they'd have to run exclusively a zone on defense, and you put Olenek in one corner and Love in the other. Yeah. Uh I mean, it, I kind of look for. I wouldn't want to move a Linux just for this deal. Like, I, I still think there's enough in, in value in, in Kelly and, and what he can do, and he's still young enough. And I think I'm not sure that we're going to see substantial growth, if any growth. But I think there's still a value there. I mean, obviously there are other contracts I'd prefer moving. Hassan I think you can get more for Olenek at some point, especially yes. maybe not now, but definitely at the trade deadline. And then, yeah. like, let's let's keep an eye out for who loses the Brook Lopez sweepstakes. Because Lopez could end up making more than Olenek, right? That than Olenek makes right now. Interesting. Um, so I would I would keep an eye out on that and say, okay, well if Milwaukee loses out on Brook Lopez, they might not be able to afford him. They don't have his bird rights, and okay, maybe they, maybe they get they can get Kelly Olenek in a trade. They have some interesting salaries that they could send back. But we're talking about J.R. Smith here. Um, yeah, I think James Johnson could help them. I look, I know that Cleveland fans don't necessarily want to have Deion Waiters back, and they probably worry about the what Waiters' influence on Colin Sexton would be. Hmm. I think that's tremendously overstated. I don't think oh, yeah, that Waiters absolutely. is in any way a locker room cancer. Not at I don't all. think in any way he's a bad guy. Is he a little bit of a ball hog? Does he dribble the ball the, the air out of the ball? Yeah, but like Welcome well, to basketball. Every passive? team. I mean, yeah, isn't that the yeah. case? Yeah, isn't that one of the knocks on him is that he he still has to develop. He's not necessarily as aggressive looking for his shot. I Matthew Dellavedova is the backup point guard. I mean, you could bring Waiters and, and Dellavedova in the game at the same time, and Waiters could kind of take over. Delhi could stay out the three point line, shoot threes, play defense. I mean, it, nice. it's not a bad situation to have no, Deion Waiters back. No, yeah. uh, and I mean. Look, we've already seen reports of Dion getting into much better shape. Obviously, we know what the concerns were last season, that he was not in playing shape. He's, he's kind of getting back into form now. I think he's healthy from everything that we've seen in those reports. And if that's the case, he can be a contributor. I think both you and I are still confident that he can be a, a pretty solid contributor overall, given the right system. I think Cleveland might actually be a better system for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, He's going to win games for them, to be honest with you. He's going to take the shot. Nobody else in that roster is willing to take, and I think he'll he'll make it more often than not. And 
that's something Cavs fans could look forward to. I, I don't think it's a bad fit there. I, I look. No, I mean he's, it's, he overlaps with a guy like Jordan Clarkson for a little bit, but Clarkson's on an expiring contract. Roster, I think yeah. I think if anything, the the fact that he overlaps with Jordan Clarkson is a positive for Cleveland. Does that if that means that they don't have to play Jordan Clarkson? Yeah. Like Deion Waiters is what he is. He's definitely an upgrade over Jordan Clarkson. Do you do you feel like I do that maybe we're giving up on on either Dion or James Johnson a little too quickly? I mean, I know it's it's already been a number of years here, but like part of the narrative, at least from my perspective, is that we're kind of throwing the towel on these guys like that. I always feel like there's another chance at redemption here, and, and we're not necessarily giving either of these players. And I know from Pat Riley's perspective, they want to move on, they want to make you know cut ties if they do eventually make make those trades. Look, they cut ties with Tri- Tyler Johnson who was as great a blue-collar story as you're going to find in the NBA. Yeah. And we know that this is a cold business at times. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's difficult to swallow. I mean, it is for me anyway. Do you do you feel similarly? Or are you like, you know what? I'm, I'm happy getting JR for 10 days. I'm happy not having JR at all on the roster. I'm happy to I'd rather have JR Smith on the roster. And I, I, I don't know. I still like that guy. I don't know. Maybe I'll feel differently if he played for the Heat. Um, I don't know. I think that... James Johnson can really help a team. I look. I was out here saying that uh, they that he could get a first rounder for James Johnson, and that was before it was really it really kind of came to light how bad that surgery was and everything that he had to undergo and, and how how much he was not in shape. Yeah. But I think if you hold on to James Johnson now and wait until the trade deadline, just with a guy like Kelly Olynyk, you could really get something for him. He could help a team. I mean, couldn't have Portland use really used him in the playoffs, having another guy to handle the ball and just help release and kind of be a release valve for Damian Lillard when they were facing those traps. I think like he could really help somebody. I think Olenek can. I think Waiters can help somebody. But I, I, I think there's a difference between saying, "All right, let's pull the plug on this on those guys," and let's pull the plug on this team because those guys may, might not have plateaued, but this team definitely has. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of, all right, let's send Waiters out because we're really banking on Justice and Josh being the backcourt. Um, so there's just not a lot of room for Dion. We don't want to bring him off the bench. He's not happy being coming off the bench. Like let's, it's better for everybody to part ways. I think there's part of that. James Johnson, same sort of thing. He doesn't really fit the window age-wise with what this team is going to be, uh, presumably. So um, I'm not. I'm not that. I actually, I would like to go. I would like to see those guys go help a winning team because Miami just hasn't really been that for the last couple of years. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about some of the stuff going on with Anthony Davis. But first, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On Heat. If you're looking for a great Father's Day gift idea, Untuck It shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to Untuckit.com and use the promo code NBA to get 20% off of your purchase. Shams also reporting that the Pelicans are listening to offers for Anthony Davis. Davis and new president of basketball operations David Griffin had a meeting last week, but Davis still wants a trade, according to this report. David, where do you think Anthony Davis ends up at this point? Because there's also reports that LeBron James might want out of L.A. There are? I, a, a little, like, if they don't land anybody, so if, I guess if they don't land for Anthony Davis, LeBron might want out. No, um, that's impossible. Does, does he go to Boston? I don't know because it looks like Kyrie Irving is leaving. The, right. I don't. I don't know if the Celtics pull the trigger on that. Like I don't. You're, you're dropping way too much on me here. LeBron leaving Los Angeles. I, I mean, I thought the whole move to Los Angeles was something about that. Hold on. beyond basketball. Like it he, wasn't about. Well, he's already getting. He's already got Space Jam made, so he's he's over it. He's good. 
doesn't no, need Los Angeles. I, I think I think he still wants to be in L.A. Though. I mean, obviously his son enrolled in a school near there, so yeah. along with uh, Zayir Wade. So I, yeah, I you think don't, not that you care about it. No, I don't. I still don't. I mean, they're high school kids. I really couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> sorry, this isn't a reunion of the big three here. I think that's what everybody's looking at. It's like I don't even think they're friends. I think their dads are friends. And, yeah, Chris Bosh's uh, kids are not old enough. I don't think. Right. To... I think his eldest is uh, a daughter, so I don't think she's going to be joining them. I don't even know if she plays ball. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. The point is, I don't think LeBron's leaving Los Angeles, and I don't know Anthony Davis is joining. Bill Plaschke of the LA Times. We like Bill Plaschke. I'm hearing you don't like, apparently you don't like Bill Plaschke. I'm hearing that if they whiff on free agency and they whiff on a trade, which I don't know how likely that is, but if that happens, they've got big trouble with LeBron. Why LeBron? I mean, the LeBron era could be over before it starts here. I've heard this for the first time yesterday. Somebody very connected said, quote, you know what? If they whiff, LeBron's going to say either, I'm out of here, or get me out of here, end quote, or the Lakers better just might as well get him out of there. Um, that's Bill Plaschke on some sort of ESPN program. Uh, yes, with George Sedano. And then oh, Dave McNenneman. Okay. Yeah, and then Dave McNenneman, who's much more plugged into everything LeBron because he covered him for a number of years in Cleveland, right. says, no, that's not quite the case. Okay, so, all right, forget it then. So, Anthony Davis. <laughs> Anthony Davis. Um, I don't know who – I'm starting to think that all the the names for Anthony Davis that we've heard, Lakers, Boston, blah, blah, blah. I kind of think that there's going to be a Kawhi Leonard situation here where some team just comes out of nowhere and Miami. offers a great deal. Maybe Miami. Um, I don't know what if, if you're Miami what you offer for him. but like Everything. Well, yeah, you just say, what do you want? You pick. Um, Hassan Whiteside straight up. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. Uh, yeah. To pair alongside Zion Williamson, that's the kind of matchup you want. I think from the New Orleans' perspective, they'd, they'd love to have the Hassan. Can you can you Zion. trade for J.R. Smith and then flip J.R. over there and then the same deal? There's a history. Griff gave him a lot of money in Cleveland. Why not? Um, he's the kid. Is, is, there a, is there a connection? Has Riley dealt with Griffin in the past? I, I don't recall if that's been the case. Like, I think mm. David Griffin took over after... LeBron had, or right before LeBron had left. Yeah, and and I think it was Kobe Altman who who dealt Wade back to Miami. Good point. Yeah, so Is that, uh, I think that's correct. So the team I'm looking as Miami's not happening. Uh, Miami, look, rightly or wrongly, Miami is looking at possibly having some cap space in 2020 to go chase Anthony Davis. And look, that could be the play here if you're Miami. Is just like with Kawhi, who could end up just leaving Toronto, go to the Clippers or somewhere else or whatever, like. He'll take meetings. There'll be an opportunity for the Clippers to win that meeting and to sign Kawhi Leonard. I think that, that that's the Heat's best strategy of landing Anthony Davis, and I would never count them out in doing that. I'm not. It's a pipe dream. It's absolutely, but there's a chance. I actually looked at maybe another team that kind of want, is in a similar situation to where Toronto was, and th- this the NBA is a copycat league, and they look at what works not only on the court but from a management standpoint. Okay, how did you build this? How did you get here? And with the, the success that Toronto has had, and their season is a success no matter what. First time they have ever been to the NBA Finals. They've never been this far in an NBA season. The, the Raptors season is a success. I think a team like the Portland Trailblazers could really look at that and say, just like the Raptors were with Lowry and DeRozan and that team, just sort of locked in from a cap situation, no way out. They were able to either hit the reset button by trading a superstar player for, another, for a, a superstar player with baggage. Kawhi definitely had baggage. Do, if you're Portland, do you just say, all right, we'll offer up McCollum, draft picks, and young prospects 
for Anthony Davis, and if you're the Pelicans, you might not want to deal. We've already heard reports that they don't want even want to deal with the Lakers. If Kyrie leaves, Boston might not put their best things on the table because they might sort of be hitting a rebuild thing. Like, C.J. McCollum and a bunch of nice assets might be the best move. I kind of look at Portland as a real team that can kind of go out there and snatch Anthony Davis. Am I crazy? No, I, I think it makes sense from an organizational standpoint. Now, the only problem is that everything we've heard out of Portland over the last couple of years is that Dame Lillard is committed to the team, is committed the to, more importantly, the roster. Like He's going against every other superstar narrative that exists, and that he's content with building the roster that they currently have. He doesn't like it when players get traded. The same way that you and I were just talking about as far as Moving on from Dion and or James Johnson or Kelly Olynyk, you know Dame feels that way on a personal level. Like he's built a friendship with these guys, he's built a yeah. partnership with these guys. He likes the working environment of having that kind of roster, and his concern is always when a guy leaves. Like even when a, a guy like De- Ed Davis moved on from Portland to to Brooklyn, you know he 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 felt that loss personally. So I wonder how he feel about his current running mate, uh, you know, McCullough being moved for Anthony Davis. Not to say that there isn't a partnership there. Like, he might have a pre-existing relationship with Anthony Davis. They've both been all-stars a number of times for the Western Conference. They could have some kind of a partnership there. And from McCollum's perspective, maybe it's his chance to be the leader of of a young and -and up-and-coming team. I'm not so sure. I I don't know McCollum. So, I agree with everything you're saying with Damian Lillard. It's very similar to Kyle Lowry's friendship with DeMar DeRozan. And... And here's the thing with Lillard. <laughs> he doesn't really make the decisions. Is, yeah. Neil Olshay does, yeah. is, is the GM. And if things go south in Portland, it could be Olshay who is on the hot seat, not Damian Lillard. They're never going to get rid of Damian Lillard. And here's the thing that Olshay could do here. If you sign Damian Lillard to the Supermax contract that he can sign this offseason, you sign him to that contract first. He is locked in. He has no such leverage anymore, right? He has no such leverage of, all right, in two more years, when my this contract that I'm work, working on right now is over, if you trade any of these guys, I'm out of here. Like, Olshay doesn't have to risk that if he signs him first to a five-year Supermax contract. Lillard has no leverage now to demand a trade or anything. Like, all right, well, you're here for four years or five years. You can then, you, you sign him to the Supermax, and then you then you just offer up all the pieces for Anthony Davis, and you're like, look, I had to do this because Olshay could be like, I don't want to run back Lillard and McCollum. I don't want to do it because we've seen how far that can get us. Lillard and Anthony Davis, that's two top eight players in the NBA. We can really do something now. Um, I think it's completely in the realm of possibility. While I agree with all the things you just said, ultimately it's not up to Damian Lillard. And by the way, it might be up to Neil Olshay to to help get Damian Lillard out of his own way. Because Lillard might be as much of a leader and as much as we appreciate the fact that he's like, these are my dudes, we're going to do it. Like he might not, like as much as he might think he can do it, I don't think he can do it with this group. He might need another superstar next to him like Anthony Davis. No, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, I, I think it's certainly fair, and I think I think you're right. I, I think Olshay has pressures as the team's general manager or president or whatever his role might be uh, in making decisions that aren't up to Lillard, and, and so that's fair. And look, you you take that chance. I mean, you're, you're looking at how it's worked out clearly for Toronto. I mean, Kyle Lowry, from everything we heard during the offseason – was downright pissed off at Masai Uhiri and the Raptors front office for everything that they did, uh, for breaking up what was a great friendship, which is still a great friendship. And, th- and that's the whole thing, too. It doesn't have to necessarily be the end of a friendship. If he has that strong a friendship with CJ, and I'm not necessarily sure that they do, 
if, if that's the case, then trading him to New Orleans isn't necessarily going to be the end of that relationship. I mean, they, they can right. still connect uh, after the season. They can still do other things. And as far as Dame's run in the Western Conference, this might represent his best last opportunity to, to pair with a legitimate superstar, particularly if Golden State loses Kevin Durant. The Western Conference is a little bit more wide open. The pairing of... Of Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, and and some other the role players. Maybe if Nurkic comes back from injury at full strength, maybe they re-sign Ennis Cantor. Maybe you don't necessarily have to give up a Zach Collins or something like that. You have enough complementary players there that you can make a legitimate push for the Western Conference throne. I, I like the move to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they if they are one of the names that have engaged Griffin for a potential trade. Let's take a quick break here before we get to some other headlines. But first, today's show is brought to you by Grip6. If you're looking for a great Father's Day gift, Grip6 belts are ultra lightweight with no holes and no flap, which equals no bulk. Go to grip6.com lock for a special offer. And remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked on Heat on the free Himalaya podcast app. It's the perfect place to listen to the podcast that you love and discover new favorites to listen to. Check out their playlists and share and comment on your favorite shows and episodes. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Heat. Let's thank our sponsors, Hotel.com, Untuck It, and Grip6 Belts. And remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked on Heat on Himalaya, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. David, big headline here. A 14-year-old baked and sold 3,500 cupcakes to pay for his Minnesota family's trip to Disney World. Was it worth it? Wow. Uh, 3,500 cupcakes. Now, okay. Has this trip already taken place? Do you know? I just, I don't know. I mean, I just read the highlight. Uh, da, 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 da. 14th birthday on November 28th, 2018. Okay. So it happened last year. Okay. Um, Old news. No, it's, it's you know, old news, but good news. Look, uh, the thing with Disney World is, um, from a Floridian's perspective, uh, you can you can you have to pick your spots there. Like a lot of people love going to Disney World. I love going to Disney World. I totally you're about to make it. a really good point. I, no, I, I know I, where I you're going to, with this. You're about to make a great point. Please keep I, going. I, I I don't know what you think I'm going to say, but the weather can be really terrible. Like especially during the summer, like you're you're going to get rained out a whole hell of a lot, and you're going to have potentially a miserable experience. And you're paying a lot of money for this yep. miserable experience. And so yep. to me, I, I don't even consider Disney World in between April and and October. Uh, from October to April, there's a good chance you're going to get some nice, bright, cool weather. And if that's the case, Disney World can be a magical experience as it's supposed to be. October is October is the best month to go to Disney World. Like late, mid to late October, best time because um, it's bright, it's cool. It, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think you've got a lot of the festivals and things happening. You're not you're not hitting like Christmas time where they really start to do it up and you're getting a lot of crowds there, you know, November, December, you're getting to the holiday period. People are off. They're visiting Florida. It, it's, it's not going to be as crowded as it is in those months. Yes. October is the perfect time to go. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I like going in February, March where it's a little cooler mm. when we're smack dab in the middle of Florida's quote unquote winter. Um, I've always had good experiences there. And one day I'll be honest with you. Downright cold. Now, we made a mistake. You know, especially we were going to the Magic Kingdom, you have the option of taking the monorail and then the ferry. We wanted to take the monorail to go there in the morning because it's quicker. You want to go there and attack the rides, and we decided to go on the ferry on the way afterwards. 
Let me tell you, a midnight ferry ride on a cold-ass lake is not a good idea, especially when the weather <laughs> drops into 20 degrees. I mean, that was a damn cold ferry, and, a, and that was not necessarily a miserable experience, but it was not the capper on the end of our evening that we wanted. Um... You have nothing to so, say to that. I, no, I no, I it, it can get it can get. I like the ferry. Uh, I'm more of a so when I, when you were gonna say you pick your spots, you're absolutely right. I actually thought that you were gonna go um, with the parks because to me, oh, Animal Kingdom has no business in my plans. You, Animal Kingdom, it's Kingdom gone better. Get the hell supposedly. out of here. It's gone better. Uh, supposedly, uh, narrowest trails. That's my problem with Animal Kingdom. I don't hmm. like people. We've established that. I don't. I want to be as far away from them as possible. That's why Epcot is definitely the best park because you got these wide open spaces to roam. Mm. You're not really shoulder to shoulder with anybody. Mm. There's only like a couple of rides. I'm not really a rides guy. I kind of would rather just sort of walk around, drink. Epcot's great for drinking. Um, so I also I should I should preface this. I grew up going to um, Disney World. I, I'm in in one sense I'm spoiled. In another sense I'm not. But in the sense that I am spoiled. We used to go to Disney World like twice a year. Like we had the Floridian, like standard, yeah, that's pretty. You had the Floridian Pass, yeah, and it's like a three-hour drive from where we were at, and you just go up north, and you're just your Disney World. And so I've been there. I've done the Magic Kingdom rides a billion times. By the time I was eight, I was like over it. Whoa. And I was just like, oh, I was kind of. That's just crazy talk to me because I'm much older than eight years old, and I still am not over those Disney World rides as many times as I've. Well, what's your favorite ride? Ooh, Thunder Mountain Railroad. To be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm not with a you. Big yeah, Thunder Mountain's the best best ride. Best ride. I'm not a th- I'm not a roller coaster guy. That is the one roller coaster I can handle because it is not it is not about elevation. For I hate right. I hate any ride that takes you kind of too high. Um, yeah. but the that Hulk, one the Hulk in the uh, Islands of Adventure. Nope. No thanks. I like <laughs> being pass. alive. Yeah. yeah, the one that just like <laughs> oh no, it's great. It looks like you're gonna crash into the the concrete ground. Like how does that sound fun? Somebody explain yeah. that to me. Why is that fun for anybody? I um, I'm I'm 100. That's why I like Thunder Mountain because it's not about like the the drops. It's not like that. That's the, right. Your stomach coming up twists through your mouth. And kind of turns, thing. Twists and turns, baby. I can handle twists and turns. Yeah, the yeah, wildest really ride in turn. the wilderness. I mean, it's a great <laughs> ride. Uh, I will go to Magic Kingdom for that. I actually like Space Mountain because you can't see anything. Oh, so, no, but so, you can feel it. You feel it in the pit of your stomach. Let me tell you. You do a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And the line to that is always ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it can be. Yeah, just I'll go to Epcot. I go to Germany. You get give me a soft pretzel, salted, and a beer. I'm good to go. So I I also went to school at UCF. Go Knights! And so we had the we had the pass right, and so it was like a 25 30 minute drive from campus to Disney World. That's and we nice. would just go, and, and you know you get the pass, so you just you seasonal whatever. You just walk in. No, it doesn't cost anything. You just hang out and people watch and do all that stuff. And I'm telling you, there is an elevated state of being once you are kind of over. The, the hustle of everybody trying to make every ride and get into every line and get the fast pass here and time it here and we'll go get a hot dog here. And you see these people running around trying to cram all this stuff in to yes. one, like, two or three day trip. And I'm like, how are you even enjoying any of this, let alone savoring it? There's an elevated state of being that once you just, like, sit on the bench with a soft pretzel and watch all these people, like, run by you freaking out that they're going to miss their fast pass, whatever. Um, that, to me, is the best version of Disney World. In and out of the park... Three, four hours max, and then go hit the pools, go do something fun, just start drinking. That's the way to do it. Wow. My opinion. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm gathering from all this that you really like the soft pretzel, too, because you've mentioned it like three times. Have I? I, don't, I was about to mention the soft pretzel. I didn't know that I... 
<laughs> now, uh, back to the original question: Was it worth it for this kid from Minnesota to do this? Sure, why the hell not? I mean, if that's if that's the place okay. he really wants to go to, and he was able to raise enough money for him to, and his family to go to, I think that's great. Moreover, I think that Park should have found out about this and comped everything and given him like a, an amazing trip, a once yeah. in a lifetime experience. Hopefully that is what happened, and uh, hopefully Disney PR is, is kind of keyed in on what's going on there because people people spend their lives there. I mean, I go to Orlando yes, all the time. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity yeah, for a lot of people. I, I, yeah, I go to Orlando to cover games, as you well know, and you know sometimes I go to a restaurant nearby, and there are certain teams that play uh, that, that choose, choose to shoot around nowhere near the Amway Center, and, and it's, it's much more of a touristy area of the city. And so... Um, I won't divulge the location. Don't worry about it. Toronto Raptors and or Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the point is, um, you know, they get a lot more tourists there. And you see people from all over the world. And they're clearly there mm-hmm. just for the theme park experience. I mean, there there is a family. There was a family from England. I can't know what part specifically. Like 10 people. Children, uncles, aunts, parents. Everybody's there. You know how much money that costs for a trip across the pond? Just to go sit in the the hot ass October sun, I mean, it, it could be brutal there. I mean, yeah. you got to time it just right. You can you can take that risk, and you can obviously go during hurricane season at some point. Mm. I mean, it could be really bad. But no, hurricane season is a is could get crowded at Disney World, right? Because you got people from coming from South Florida up, where like they really you know the hurricanes really hit hard sometimes going inland to Orlando and or Kissimmee. And you end up in in Disney World. like I I remember uh, what was it twenty was it twenty twelve was the yes yes uh, that was the big season yeah our our electricity got knocked out for two or three weeks and a lot of our neighbors just went right to Disney World hung out there for that time which I can't imagine was cheap but it's like what other option do you have I mean I just played on a, a tree that fell down for two weeks but you know that was me um, uh, I think that the I did the math. He's he wrote he raised over five thousand dollars with the thirty five hundred cupcakes. That's a dollar forty a cupcake. That kind of seems like a ripoff. It's a little expensive for one cupcake. I mean, he definitely also was. His, I guess if you rally around, I mean, did the community rally around this so much? Or like, oh, yes. let's give young you know child X the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I Maybe. don't know. It's just it's it's strange to think that they would be so. Try to go fund me. Um, <laughs> He's 14 years old. I could tell you he was definitely not Jewish because he could have just had a bar mitzvah pay for all this. <laughs> That's the whole point, right? It's not um, the whole ascension into manhood and or, or womanhood. It's, it's you know, get your bar mitzvah money. I can tell you what. He could have charged more if he would have made soft pretzels instead of cupcakes. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We'll be back Friday with a mailbag. Thanks for joining me, David. <laughs> you got it, Wes. <laughs>